0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. I'm Tabitha Walter, the political director of Eagle Forum, and today we are diving deeper into fertility awareness based methods. These are natural, holistic methods that teach you about your own reproductive cycles, reveal the workings of your body, and give you the tools to advocate for your own health. We have already touched on this subject not too long ago. If you haven't listened to episode 21 titled, What is fertility awareness? I encourage you to listen to that first. Emily Frazee, who is also here today, gives us a broad overview of what it is, why it's important, how it affects not only your reproductive system, but your overall health. I also did a Facebook Live with Emily where she answered some important questions, so you don't wanna miss that. You can find that video in our archives on our Facebook page. Also, you learn in that episode some of the terminology we use. During this episode, you may hear two phrases used interchangeably, which are fertility awareness-based methods, the acronym is FABM, and natural family planning. The acronym for that is NFP. Those phrases are just different titles for the same umbrella of methods. In today's episode, we will hear from four ladies, including me, that use some of the most popular methods of fertility awareness. We will discuss the methods of Marquette, Creighton, Symptothermal, Billings, and FEM. So let me introduce our ladies. First, we have Emily, who will talk about the Marquette method and touch on FEM. She is the founder and editor of the Total Wine blog, where she quips about faith, family life, and natural family planning. She is a wife and stay-at-home mom of two kids. I also asked her to serve as my co-host today because of her expertise on this matter. Uh, Little do our viewers know that when you're a super fan of the podcast, you get promoted to (laughs) co-host. So welcome back.
1: Thanks. I'm happy to be here.
0: Second, we have Mary Bruno joining us to talk about the Creighton Model. Mary has been married to Chris for seven years and they have one daughter. She is the creator of Taking Back the Terms, an outreach dedicated to educating and motivating women about fertility awareness. She is a creating practitioner, blogger, speaker, and podcaster. You can find her at maryjubruno.com. Also, one fun tidbit about her is that she is a rapper. Yes. (laughs) You heard (laughs) that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. She actually I'm has happy. rap music, which is awesome. I love it. So also, welcome to the episode. happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Third, we have Cammy Berthume who will talk about the symptothermal method. Cammy works as evangelization manager for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. She also runs her own custom cookie business, Cookies by CJ. When she's not baking cookies, you can usually find her hanging out and exploring breweries with her sweet husband helping out her parish's youth ministry events, or curled up with a hot cup of joe, and that sounds super cozy, <laughs> so welcome to the episode. Thank you, happy to be here. And then you'll eventually hear from me at the end on the Billings Method, and you guys already know all about me, um, so I won't go into details. <laughs> so let's start by tackling the Marquette Method with Emily. Emily. What is the Marquette method in a nutshell?
1: In a nutshell, the Marquette method predominantly tracks the hormone levels uh, that precede ovulation and confirm ovulation through the Clear Blue Fertility Monitor. And I actually went ahead and busted out on my products because I know um, when I've talked to people before, there's a lot of confusion about which monitor is the right one. I always point people to get an instructor um, but this is the monitor that I use. This is available on Amazon or eBay. I think it's about one hundred and twenty dollars right now. Last time I checked on Amazon, you usually find it a little cheaper on eBay. Um, but it's it's a touch screen monitor. There's another monitor that you can use that is an older model. Weirdly, I've always found that that one um, runs a little higher in price. Um, then what you do is you use, using that monitor, you get these sticks and you use one per day starting on a particular day of your cycle. You test uh, first morning urine is what it's uh, called. Um, you have to have urine that you've held for at least four hours. So it's best to just do it first thing in the morning. It'll read either low, high, or high. Um, a low. And what it's looking for is that rise in estrogen that precedes ovulation. And then the surge of, the, of LH, or the luteinizing hormone, which takes place uh, at the same time as ovulation. Uh, so high, a high reading indicates that estrogen levels have begun to rise, and a peak reading indicates that LH is now present. So that confirms ovulation on the monitor. So the Marquette method allows you, it does have the option to track other biomarkers as well, if a client would prefer um they can you can track cervical mucus there's protocols for that it is uh kind of discouraged to track cervical mucus in addition to the monitor because what can happen is you can get conflicting signs and inevitably what will happen is that it results in longer periods of abstinence more frustrations higher rates of unintended pregnancy so if you do the monitor it's best to just stick with that um you can also use basal body temperature um the pros and cons, I know we'll probably get into the pros and cons of that a little bit more in depth, um, but you know, you have to wake up at the same time the morning to take it if you're not something like a temp drop that you wear over the whole night. Um, but those cross checks can kind of come in handy, particularly uh, every now and then the monitor might miss peak or something like that, so having those other cross checks can be very helpful. Another thing you can use in addition is something called the WANFO stick. These um, test for the luteinizing hormone. So what happens is if you get a positive WANFO in conjunction with a peak reading on the monitor, it just kind of gives you that reassurance that you've definitely caught peak. Um, Technically speaking, with the Marquette method, you can just use the monitor alone and that's all that's needed. Um, all of these other cross checks are really up to personal preference. And I do not recommend that anybody uses any of them without working very closely with an instructor.
0: That's really interesting. And it seems like if you are the personality of someone who needs like confirmation on something, like if you need, if you're like, I don't know if this is, um, exactly the reading that I'm getting, you have backup there, which is wonderful. So what exactly led you to choose this method?
1: Yeah, so I had actually previously learned both the Symptothermal method and the Creighton method prior to learning Marquette. Um, And neither one of them to me were good fits, Um, which is one of the things I think is awesome about fertility awareness, that we do have all these different options that we can choose from um, based on what our fertility needs are and our lifestyle. Um, But for me, I started using, and. Most women will probably say the same thing. I started using Marquette when I was newly postpartum. Um, there is a specific postpartum protocol that you use with the Marquette method. Um, you actually set up 10-day fake cycles. And again, do not do this without an instructor. I cannot stress that enough. Um, but you essentially set up 10, uh, fake 10-day cycles until your return of fertility, until you ovulate postpartum. Um, so what that literally means is you are testing every single day. So it can become a financial burden because test sticks can become expensive, particularly if you're having to buy a box every 30 days. Um, when you're in regular cycles, it, the method is designed to where you only need to use 10 sticks per cycle. You might be more or less, um, cause we know that ovulation fluctuates. Um, but that's kind of what they shoot for. So really you're buying a box about every three months or every three cycles. Yeah, so that's when I started using it. And it was it just really simplified that time because when you're postpartum and breastfeeding, your hormones are doing all kinds of crazy things trying to get you back to normal. And it can make other signs of fertility very difficult to interpret or decipher. And I'm just the kind of person where I'm like, I just need a computer to tell me if today's a fertile or infertile day. (laughs) Like I cannot be the one determining this in addition to trying to keep a little human alive. Um, That's what I, yeah. So I started using it for those reasons and just have been using it for the past two years and love it.
0: That's great. So you you mentioned some of the price points on some of the, I guess you would call it technology. Yeah. Um, What other investments do you make in into this method whether it's financially or time-wise
1: yeah so um financially again uh the monitor runs about 120 box of sticks amazon really fluctuates wildly i've seen boxes run as low as 25 dollars to as high as 45 Um, but they usually sit around 30 dollars for 30 sticks The Wanfo test sticks, I can get a box of 50 for about 18. Um, Now, if you want to do further cross checks, if you want to do temping, but you don't like having to wake up at the same time every morning, a temp drop usually runs about 150, I think, is still the price. And that's the one that you wear on your arm. There's also the Ava bracelet, which I have not heard good reviews for. Um, cause it's on your wrist. So I've heard it actually can be very inaccurate. It also runs about a hundred dollars more expensive. Um, so yeah, probably don't want to do that. Um, now Marquette is actually developing, they're working on developing a method right now that is WonFo only. So instead of using the clear blue monitor and the sticks, just using foes, they're also looking into, um uh, the Mira monitor that just came out on the market. Mira goes a step further than the clear blue monitor and actually tells you what your levels of estrogen and glutenizing hormone are. So a little bit of a step further. Um, so they're looking at that as well to see, you know, if that's, you know, we kind of want to be a little suspicious of the new technologies until we've tested it out. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a rundown. I don't know what the Mira monitor Runs. I think it's. I think it's pricey. I think it's like two fifty. I know somebody who's using it. Um, She kind of wanted to be like a guinea pig for it because she's not married yet and not worried about like avoiding a pregnancy. And Mm -hmm. she's like, "Ah, "Why not? (laughs) Let's just see how it works." Um, Yeah.
0: And then, how much time do you spend on this? Whether it's daily or monthly or yearly?
1: I mean, you just pee in the morning like you normally do. Um, the, uh, well, okay. And then for the wanfos you also have to done in the afternoon. Um, and those have to be a three hour urine hold. Um, so because LH can typically surge higher in the afternoon. So that's why you do that in the afternoon, not in the morning. Um, but it's only a three hour hold and I've got like this great window between like when my kids wake up from their naps and when they go to bed and I'm like making dinner and doing all these things that I don't even have, to, I don't even have time to pee anyway. And before I know it, three hours are gone. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but Perfect. that's, time wise, that's pretty much it. And you only do the wanfos foes once the monitor start, re- starts reading a high. So you don't have to do it until then.
0: Okay. So... Tell us first the bad news. What's the hardest part, at least for you, with this method?
1: Uh, well, it's funny for me. The hard this met because I came from using two different methods. This was actually it was a lot simpler for me than the other two methods. So um, it's not really hard per se. I mean, you know, forking out the thirty, possibly forty dollars every three cycles for six is kind of like. It was a shirt, but it's worth every penny um yeah the the hardest part I mean with anybody who practices NFP and like you've got the religious aspect thrown in and it's like abstinence only it's the abstinence <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: the worst part <laughs> I'll just be honest well that's great and that's very candid so I appreciate that um now the good news what's the most rewarding thing from your <laughs> method?
1: Yeah, uh, the most rewarding thing for me is that it's a computer telling me uh, when we can or can't have sex when we're trying to avoid a pregnancy, yeah. not me. <laughs> I'm like, babe, like I know that COVID is totally thrown a kink in my cycles here, mm-hmm. but it's the computer, babe. It's the one <laughs> telling us it's a no-go. So I have That's a scapegoat, awesome. it's really nice. <laughs> so
0: funny. Um, what do you wish that you would have known before you began this method? Or even fertility awareness in general.
1: Yeah, fertility awareness in general, you know, I just wish that I knew that there was more than one method. Um, I know a lot of people who get introduced to fertility awareness, particularly Catholics, are getting introduced whenever they're in marriage prep. Um, and, and very understandably, like, uh, like if a diocese is requiring you to learn a method of NFP, you're probably going to be for, you know, whatever method they're going to be teaching. So they're only going to be teaching one. Um, but at the same time, I wish that at at you know perfectly fine for them to do that. That's awesome. That's great. But at the same time, to say like, hey guys, look, here's a list of other methods. But if you would prefer to go elsewhere, here's some instructors, a list of resources, along what the methods are, make an informed choice. Um, I really wish that that had been um, more available. And, you know, the more I've been working in this area. more I realize that there's so many resources available. Like, I mean, it's just endless. It's just, you kind of have to like break into the world and then all of a sudden it's, it's all there. Um, but it's just that just breaking in. And so, I don't know, making that entry level a little bit more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I think maybe you'll see a lot of our answers overlap in some of these ways. Um, Also, I'd like to note, um, since you did touch on the faith aspect, um, NFP is not strictly for Catholics. It's for everyone. And while, it, you know, there are roots there and a lot of great research and information coming out from the Catholic Church on fertility awareness, um, it's not just for Catholics. And I think I'm the only non-Catholic here. And <laughs> so I you know that's, that's part of my mission and um, part of the mission of this podcast is to introduce people to new things that they may not have ever come in contact with or realized that is out there. And so, um, so I'm really glad that you brought religion into it, and I'm really glad that we can also have an aspect that is not religious as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the unspoken thing about fertility awareness is that it's truly pro-woman. You know, it is so, it's, um, it's about empowering women to be able to read their bodies, understand the way that they were made, understand the signs, and then be able to share that information with their partners, to be able to use that information to diagnose health issues and to pursue holistic actual treatments to get to the root cause of you know these other issues that might otherwise be treated with birth control so it just kind of gives this whole new option this whole new world it's definitely difficult I mean it's not just because it's natural does not mean it comes naturally Mm -hmm. Um, but but it's worth it's worth investing the time and effort to learn certainly yeah, Yeah,
2: and you're gonna find positives and negatives to any method, whether it's artificial or natural. So it's just a matter of what you're willing to give up. And like Emily said, we have more than one option and nobody complains about having too many options,
1: you know? <laughs> right. Unless you're scrolling Netflix. It is possible.
0: Well, I mean, the reality is we're all human and some there are times when our body is just out of our own control. And so we're using human methods to try try to treat human issues, you know. And so it's not always going to look perfect, and these methods certainly are not perfect for every person, or any person for that matter. But um, but um, they can certainly aid in in women's health.
1: Yeah, this was actually something I was thinking about earlier, and I just want to touch on it briefly. I I think we cut kind of, when you get into fertility really have to retrain your brain because we've been so conditioned to think about our fertility as something that we can control. thats simple that you just fix with a pill and you're done. That's not what fertility awareness is about at all. So you do have to kind of ha- retrain your brain, have a different mental approach to it, which is difficult, you know, because I mean, this is even beyond birth control, I think just kind of as a society, we have kind of more of the quick fix mentality, which is not what this is. It is a struggle, um, more so for some women than others, um, but it gets to that root cause of whatever's.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, on the Marquette method, where can our listeners go to find more information on Marquette?
1: Yeah, so kind of the cool thing, Marquette Method was developed at Marquette University. So if you Google it, you can Google Marquette Method of NFP, um, scroll down, and it's Marquette.edu. Look for the .edu website, and that'll take you there. Um, also, that should, I, I believe that they're, will give you the rundown of the method and I believe you can get to instructors from there. Also, I highly encourage you to reach out to one of us on social media. The beautiful thing about the fertility awareness world, it's very interconnected. Once you start following a few instructors or a few people who talk about fertility awareness, you very quickly get connected with a lot. Um, I ha- I, I'm connected with many instructors of many different methods. Um, and it happened like within six months. I mean, like all of them, like, oh my gosh, they're everywhere. So like I said, breaking into the world is the hard part. Once you do, it's wide open.
2: They also find a lot of camaraderie
1: in that yes. way too. Yes. Yeah, that community is so important. So important. Yes. So
0: let's move on to Mary about the Creighton Method. Can you tell us, um, what the Creighton Model is?
2: Yeah, so um, the Crane model is a mucus-only method of fertility awareness. And for this method, what that means is that a woman uh, will make observations, and what that means for her is wiping before and after she goes to the bathroom. Every single time she goes to the bathroom, uh, before and after she takes a shower, goes swimming, etc. You're basically making observations um, throughout the day to make sure you don't miss any of that important information. And so when, when wiping, a woman um, is looking for either the presence or the absence of mucus. And with the Creighton model specifically, uh, the mucus, we chart um, very specifically. We, we make sure to make detailed um, uh, charting observations specifically about the mucus and the, the characteristics of the mucus. Also, uh, a woman is is looking for if any bleeding is present, how that changes throughout the month, if it's present or absent. Uh, And so the idea, so all of this information will help the woman to determine on each individual day whether it's fertile or infertile. So the mucus tells us a few different things. Um, It gives us some information about our health. It also keeps sperm alive. It also is an indication that ovulation is approaching. So that's the idea behind um, the idea behind making those observations with the mucus. And then over time, as we continue to gather that information, it paints a picture about our health um, overall. And, 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 and the more information we gather, the more in-depth look that we can get um, about our health. So that's that's it in a nutshell, I would say.
0: Yeah, good, good.
2: Um, what led you to choose this method? What led me to choose this method is its medical extension of NACRO So when I first started, it had nothing to do with family planning for me. I wasn't sexually active, wasn't married, but I had a lot of health issues. I had just been diagnosed with endometriosis. I had my first surgery, which was unsuccessful. So I needed something else. I needed some more help. And that's when I discovered that the Creighton model existed. Wish I had known much sooner. And so I began to chart and it took a couple of cycles. And this is what I mean by over time. It, it gives us an in-depth look about the health of the woman. Um, so I had a couple of cycles and I found an Afrotechnology technology medical consultant and surgeon who is trained to be able to read the chart. And that gives them uh, basically um, direction on how to provide specific treatment depending on what specifically is going on with me, which is what's so nice. It's it's treats each, each woman as an individual as unique. And so the treatments are, are able to be Mm tailor-made. So I I see it as something that I really needed to do. It wasn't so much of an option for me as something that, um, I was so grateful to find because it helped me also to maintain um, a lot of the things, the ways that it was helping me with my health. Like the chart helps me to know when to take my hormones, when to supplement, etc. The surgeon can say, oh, you are at risk. So my practitioner after a couple of months was able to look at my chart and say, even though I was already diagnosed, the chart was telling her you're at high risk for endometriosis, low progesterone, even things like black fallopian tubes, um, uh polyps, no, not polyps, I'm sorry, fibroids. These are all things that they're able to see through my chart and were then confirmed during surgery. So it's a, it becomes a great roadmap for women who are having a lot of health issues.
0: Great, and now you mentioned NAPRO technology, is that exclusive to Creighton?
2: Yes, it is. It, it was actually after, so when they created, the creators of the Creighton model, they were doing all this research on all these different women, it was actually kind of an accident that they, um, they determined that the women who you know, had a lot of miscarriages? Their, their charts all looked one way. The women uh, with endometriosis, all of their charts looked one way. And so it created this new kind of um, place to go with it. And that's how NApro technology was, was born. And they continued to research, and they you know were able to, to have all these findings, form these protocols, and so I would say a NAPRA technology doctor, I mean, I think it depends on who you see. I think I think there are ways that they can work with other methods, but the specific protocols and research were done with the Creighton model, so we can only draw certain conclusions from the charting in the Creighton model itself. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of confusing.
0: No, no, that makes sense. Um, now, what can our listeners expect to invest time-wise and financially in, in this method?
2: Yeah, so first I'll talk about time-wise. Uh, the Creighton and has a lot of in-depth information, so a lot of the cost is going to come through those follow-ups because there's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. So we have an intro session, and then we have eight follow-ups within that first year. And then after that, it's about one to two times a year or as needed. Um, That's what I really like about the practitioner client relationship is that um, it's really someone to walk with you that you can reach out to. Like you can send your practitioner your chart. What does this mean? How do I, you know, so you're really getting a person um, along with you. Um, And so the cost, so when I started, I had like this great student discount, like $20 a session. It's not like that anymore. This was also like eight years ago or something so now it's a little bit more than doubled that Um, but I know it depends on the practitioner like if you have an independent practitioner they set they set their own prices Um, but a lot of practitioners work with or out of doctor's offices so it just depends on the location the state you know like um, what the cost is going to be also um, the materials is pretty inexpensive I know for us a chart is $5, uh, so it probably varies up in, you know, around that area for other people. And a chart has room for about 35 days and for six cycles. So technically, two charts in a year, which is $10. bucks. is an app now, uh, which is a little bit more than the charts. I think it's like a $10 initial fee and then $5 a month, I believe, and the stamps are like 50 cents a sheet and like $5 for a pack. So um, like I said, a lot of the cost comes up front with the follow-ups and then over time, it really, it really gets pretty low long-term.
0: Now, on, when someone's seeing a practitioner or even um, a doctor or a surgeon for these issues, um, what does insurance play into that at all?
2: Yeah, I did want to mention that actually, too. So HSA and FSA, I find do reimburse almost all the time. You just get a receipt and submit it to them, however your insurance company works. And even for the Creighton uh, visits themselves, those follow-ups, some of those are covered by insurance. It's just under very specific circumstances. So it's great if that's why it's good to work with the doctor's office, because as long as there's a doctor that is present as long as the, the meeting happens at the doctor's office, then insurance will, will cover that. And that's just for the Creighton part. NAPRA technology is just like any other doctor or medical consult. Like the medical consultants have to either be like a nurse practitioner, family medicine. It can be any kind of doctor. Um, and so it, it's the same thing. It works how billing does. And then the surgeons, it's really nice because they just code it. That's the beautiful thing about, you know, infertility or, or things like that there's a There's an underlying issue like Emily was talking about that that it's really it's trying to get the woman healthy so they it just depends on how they code it it's it's a women's health issue right so it's it's trying to deal with that so it is it is almost always covered by insurance
0: right and um my o b g y n who is also n f p friendly um takes my insurance because he's first in an OBGYN and right. the methods that we subscribe to um, to diagnose and to discuss on a, a plan of action and so I think that's important to note that uh, these are these are real doctors correct yes they have went to med school and, and done all the normal things that medical professionals do um, they just also have this additional, uh, ammo to, to help you diagnose your issues.
2: So. That's right. The NAPRO surgeons go through a year long fellowship on top of the OBGYN, uh residency, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, What has been the hardest part for you during your process of learning Creighton?
2: Yeah, so Creighton is definitely something for like, I find people who are super organized, go-getters, like, um, I don't know if type A personalities fit into that or not, but I'm not that way. So it has been very hard for me to stick with 100% observations. I think that's probably what you'll find is the biggest complaint from most people, um, or if you have a lot of health issues. So I, I really, like I said, I didn't have an option. So I, um, I stuck with it for those reasons. And it's certainly been worth it. But it, it's it's hard for some people. For some people, it works great. And people, people love that. Um, but like you said, Emily, like, it, it, it is, it can become hard. Um, a lot it, it becomes habit over time. But 100% is
0: 100%, you know?
2: And uh, yeah, that, that was the hardest for me.
0: Well, on the flip side, what is the most rewarding for you?
2: Easily getting to learn my body and understand how it works and how it communicates with me. The coolest part, too, I think, is that in some ways I can, it kind of sounds weird, but communicate back with my body, too. So for example, I have history of low progesterone, we know, we learned, we learn in, in, uh, with fertility awareness that one of the, one of the biological markers of unusual bleeding is, you know, if before your period starts, if you have three or more days of unusual bleeding, that means that um, typically that the progesterone is falling off a little bit early and your period can actually come early if your progesterone isn't high enough to keep that, that luteal phase after ovulation long enough. So I'm aware if that bleeding is present um, that I need to take my progesterone. Well, there's this, and I would typically, and I would take it every cycle because I knew this was an issue, but I was out of town once. I didn't have my progesterone and I ovulated early. So I, I would, I would have needed to start it a little bit early and I didn't have it. And I started bleeding way too early, like very light. It wasn't a full period. But I knew I had refills left, so I went to Walgreens, I was able to, 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 um, to get another bottle of progesterone, and I started it every day, and it kept my period away, and the bleeding stopped. So it's just, there's so many different things that our, our body is trying to communicate with us, and it's, it's really, some of it is, is actually very simple. So that's certainly been the most rewarding for me.
0: That's Awesome. Um, what do you wish that you knew before you began the whole process?
2: For me, it comes down to expectations. Like I said, um, it was a major, uh, majorly about health for me. So I eventually, you know, I had this expectation that my chart would start to look a certain way, you know, comparing it to normal or how other average women, um, their cycles would look or the, how their bodies would react, and although there's a lot of ways that we can help women's health and improve, it's it's not a magic pill, doesn't fix everything, and in a lot of ways, my cycle didn't recover, and uh, when I really, it was actually the NAPRotechnology Medical Consultant I have here close by me, I, I kind of consider her a friend, she's so sweet, and she really helped me to realize that I needed to stop, or it would be helpful to stop uh, to change my expectations and just kind of accept me and my body and how it was and how my cycle was looking. And so I just wish I could have been more accepting of of myself and where things went beforehand, beforehand. Well, and I
0: think that's a testament to how you've grown though, like over time. Absolutely. And- who, who would expect that from learning a fertility awareness method? <laughs>
2: You're right. You're right. There's a lot of things I did not expect to learn. Oh, it's been really been a growth process over the years.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, where can our listeners dive in on the Creighton model?
2: So there is creightonmodel.com, and it's C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-M-O-D-E-L.com. There's also naprotechnology.com and that's n-a-p-r-o-technology.com. It's all one word. There's research there. There's more information. If you want to find a medical consultant or practitioner near you, you can go to fertilitycare.org.
0: Wonderful. Cammie, we've made it to you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, can you tell us about the Symptothermal Method? Yeah, so it kind of combines both of the methods that we just discussed. Um, And I've only been doing it for about a year and a half so I'll try to (laughs) summarize it as best as I can. Um, Basically you use um, three biomarkers to determine when ovulation occurs for you Um, and those biomarkers are mucus sensations and characteristics throughout the day similar to Creighton. Um, You also record your basal body temperature every morning at the same time with about a 30-minute window on either side so if you don't get it right on the dot that's okay. Um, and then the last is the optional cervix check, which I don't do, but um, it can help lessen the days of abstinence. Um, similar to what Emily said, there's other markers, you know, that you can do to lessen those days. Um, but yeah, for basal body temperature, you just have your little special thermometer right next to your bedstand. stand. Um, every morning, I set my alarm for a certain time and then you wake up and just take it really quick. Um, the one that I use is nice because it is a Bluetooth thermometer so I don't have to worry about syncing it right away when I'm just like still half asleep you know I can take it put it down and then go back to it on later in the day and sync it to my phone which is nice Um, and then as Emily also mentioned there is a temp drop so if you have problems waking up at the same time every day um, or even if you're postpartum and breastfeeding or um, work night shifts or whatever you know you can do the temp drop and it kind of gathers like a Um, standardized temperature throughout the night to my understanding Um, so there are a couple options for that and then for the mucus sensations and characteristics it's similar to Creighton but what you just explained and from what I understand it's not as often that you need to be checking your mucus Um, just take an observation whenever you remember throughout the day um, and you record the most fertile Type of mucus at the end of the day so there's less fertile and more fertile mucus depending on the characteristics so if it's more tacky and cloudy um, it's less fertile yet it can still you know carry the sperm but if it's clear and egg white stretchy that means it's more fertile and there's a greater chance that the sperm will survive in that um, condition so that's kind of why you would check the mucus in addition to the temperatures and then the cervix check so depending on when you ovulate your cervix is up higher or lower and i don't know too much about that so that would be more of a um, couple to couple league you know thing that you could look into but um yeah summed up that's about it let me know if i missed anything (laughs) great you can pile us on with resources at the end um, oh for sure we can look into that um that's that's a great summary um why did you choose this specific method well i actually was introduced to nfp by my sister-in-law and so they had gotten married a few years before us and we were talking about engagement and she kind of just mentioned that symptothermal method was the one that she'd done and i'd never heard of nfp i was like what even is that i know like the church's teachings on the nfp and that was i mean, that was the reason why we started looking into it but um yeah, I guess I didn't even know that like Marquette existed, Creighton, Billings, all these other methods existed. Um, so we started there, and I'm glad we did. Actually, um, I just am very thorough and detail-oriented, so having these three optional, you know, ways to to check everything and confirm everything was really helpful to me. And I—that was one of the things that appealed to me about central thermal method. And yeah, it just seemed very comprehensive. So I'm happy we started here, regardless. Great, great. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what can ex- users expect to invest into this time-wise and financially? Yeah, so financially, you are taking three classes. They're about three hours each. They offer them online or in-person, depending on where you are. Um, we did ours online, and I think they run through our diocese. They didn't cover it, um, the cost of the NFP, but I think our classes were about 150 for three of them. Um, so you do the three classes, um, but they also offer scholarships if you have trouble paying for that. Um, and you get a bunch of materials with it. You get this big old textbook that I have with me here. And um, you can kind of refer to this in the future if you're like, oh, what was that rule again? Or, you
2: know, what, what were you
0: saying about that type of mucus? Or how do I chart this type of mucus? So it's nice to have that resource. Um, and then they also give you a thermometer, too, um, just so that you have that and you don't have to buy your own. Another expense would be the app. So Couple to Couple League actually has their own app that uses the specific types of mucus. So there's um, there's similar apps like Kindara, where it'll you can still track your mucus, but the Couple to Couple League uses specific ones. I can just list them off really quick. It's like for sensations, it's nothing moist, wet, or wet slippery. So. Um, depending on the less fertile mucus and more fertile mucus. That's how you would track that. And then for characteristics, so what you see and what you touch, um, that would be dry, tacky, or stretchy mucus. So you kind of um, report back on both of those at the end of the day. Um, But Couple to Couple League has their own app for you to chart that. And you can also plug in your temperatures there. And that runs for about $30 a year. So every year you would just have to renew that if you want to use that um, app. Otherwise there are Kandara or other apps like I mentioned. And then lastly would be the temp drop thermometer if you are considering that if you're postpartum or if you just don't like waking up early at the same time, temp drop is an option. And same with the Ava bracelet. But again, I don't have any experience using that or the temp drop, but I've heard the temp drop has a better reputation than the Ava bracelet as well. And for time, I would say just the waking up early really quick. Um, I know some women. May have an issue with that you know and that's totally fine. I know one of my friends is considering which method to use and that was an issue for her and, it, and again the beauty of um, NFP is that there are so many options depending on your lifestyle and um, yeah so for me I just wake up take my temperature quick and then I'm tracking my mucus throughout the day um, even just once and you can you know kind of determine more or less what you're what you can record for that day and then that's about it just tracking it at the end of the day. So I love that flexibility because um so I'm totally a morning person. And um I don't mind waking up early because I wake up mm-hmm. early anyways. I usually wake up before my alarm, but not everyone's like that. Right. And so I think that's the beauty of having flexibility within the method or among methods where you can say like this doesn't fit into my lifestyle and I'm going to look at a different method um, and so that's what we want to present here is um, you know the menu of fertility awareness methods based on your unique circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Cammie, um what has been the hardest part for you using this method? Um I would say at first it's a little bit overwhelming looking at this giant textbook and thinking oh my gosh I have to learn all these rules and there's so many little specific details that you have to get down. But going through the class, I, um, my husband and I took it together, which has been awesome. But um, just going through the class and taking it very slowly, three hour chunks at a time, you know, each pr- and the classes, I think, are spaced about a month apart. So you have some time to digest and work on your charting and practice all that stuff before you move on to the next part of it. But yeah, at first, it can definitely seem a little daunting when you try and explain the rules about temperature shifts and, you know, you have to watch for this and your hormones are doing this at this point in the cycle. Um, But all in all, it's so informative and it's so helpful knowing what's going on in our bodies that I think it's worth it, even if it is a little bit maybe confusing or stressful in the beginning. And then, like Emily mentioned, you know, of course, the abstinence is tough and, um yeah, I mean that's in line church teaching, so I don't have a problem with it in the long run and it just fosters communication and other ways to appreciate your spouse in that sense. But um yeah. That's such a good point. Um I think a a lot of a, in every method encourages communication between you and your spouse on this matter. Yeah. And it's it seems initially like a female only issue, but it's not. When you're married, you have a partner that's also participating in your fertility and in your health. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't take classes with my husband, but I do talk with him very frequently about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet, to the point where he can even make jokes about it now. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's kind of fun too, because um couple to couple league really likes to stress too like take this with your spouse and you, can, you know you can have your spouse record your symptoms in the app at the end of the day. So you're kind of telling him like hey, this is my mucus today it was you know it was moist tacky and then he can plug it in and you can kind of if you want have a discussion about it or you know not have a discussion about it whatever you want but um, yeah, just kind of that tandem of oh this is both of us you know um, both of us together. so that's been an awesome. I don't know part of nfp yeah well that's clearly a reward but did you have another reward in mind <laughs> for yeah yeah um i just really this is just for nfp in general regardless of what method you choose to use just how effective it is when it's used correctly and even when it's not perfectly used it's still extremely effective just because you know what's going on in your body you can look at the science behind it you know what's going on with your hormones, um, like Emily mentioned with Marquette and your body, just the physical sensations with Creighton, um, and just the fact that our bodies were so beautifully made. um, And so, and even just being able to understand, like you said, progesterone levels, or if you have an issue in a different area, birth control typically is a mask to that stuff. It's not solving it, it's not fixing it. um, And these fertility awareness methods help you get to the bottom. Of those things and get them corrected or get you help with them um but yeah I think it's just awesome that we can safely and confidently avoid or achieve pregnancy without without hormones and without disrupting our natural systems um and yeah just again the team effort part of it is great so. mm-hmm. absolutely now what do you wish that you knew before you had begun the whole process Probably that abstinence can be longer than a week. And, um, that's the big thing that I think a lot of people hear about NFP is, oh, you know, it's just a week where you have to be abstinent, but sometimes like stress can affect it and leading up to your wedding can affect it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. kids can affect it postpartum and all this stuff. So, um, I think that would be the one negative really for me, I guess, that really stands out. Otherwise, I don't have too much of an issue charting. I don't have too much of an issue waking up. But again, each woman's um, experience with that is different, you know. So again, having the beauty of all these different types is wonderful. Sure. Now, where can our listeners go to find more information about the symptothermal method? For symptothermal thermal method? It, I would check out Couple to Couple League, so that's um, just their website. I think it's just ccl.org, um, and you can find a class there. You can do it in person or online, so it's great for if you are a long distance or if you can't be with your spouse at the same time. You know, to take these classes. Um, and then more of like a, a layperson's ministry would be managingyourfertility.com. Um, she has a bunch of different. Um, you know, rundowns of the different methods and you can kind of find doctors in your area who specialize in NFP and all that stuff. And then even just Facebook groups, believe it or not, there's like the NFP couple to couple league group on Facebook who have a lot of great resources. If you have a question about your chart or if you have a question, just, you know, a more casual question or informal question um, and just fostering that sense of community there. And also Instagram. (laughs) You know, that's where you find a lot of people and you connect and making um, you sure your, your real experiences with each other, which is great.
1: Perfect. All right, my turn to hijack this interview. Uh, <laughs> so there was the questions that Tabitha sent me and then there's the questions that I'm actually going to ask. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you don't know what you did. No. Um, all right, so your turn to describe billi- the Billings Method in a nutshell give us the the pitch
0: yes so full disclosure i'm not an expert i've only been practicing this for a year so less than all of y'all
1: and um expert here it's the practitioner exactly the the <laughs> yeah,
0: i'm in the same boat as you, <laughs> like, you a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so let's hope that I don't make all of the billings instructors cringe too much but Um, but I've just had great success with it, and I'm excited to share it with our listeners. Billings is a method where you track the consistency of your cervical mucus. So like all of you have touched on, um, your discharge or the lack thereof can tell you so much about what is happening with your body in real time, and it tells you if you have good hormone levels, if your reproductive systems are developing appropriately during your cycle, if your body is responding appropriately to medicines or supplements you may be taking, and so much more. Um, It can assist with both preventing pregnancy and achieving pregnancy. So um, through charting, you first establish what's called a basic infertile pattern, and this will let you know when your chances of pregnancy are lower. So keep in mind what your cervical mucus looks like or your sensation may be different from someone else's. Um, It's unique to you, Um, so it can, it can be different than your friend's chart or your instructor's chart, and that's the beauty of it, of it being, you know, your own personal uh, body process and body fluids. Um, Afterward, you can identify more, like, when your peak fertility days are, when menstruation is about to begin, or even if there is something happening with your body that needs addressed. So I wanted to give you guys a small example of what a cervical mucus reading looks like, at least for me. So, um, and this is just a small sample. This isn't an overall view. Um, So on the days where more mucus is present, clearer in color and thinner, this means ovulation is approaching. This kind of mucus can help sperm travel to the egg more efficiently. So if you're trying to get pregnant, this would be the time to have sex. If you're avoiding pregnancy, you would want to avoid sex on those days, or use an appropriate barrier method if your faith doesn't prohibit that. So, once again, keep in mind um, this goes beyond uh, faith and religion, but um, sometimes it, it these NFP methods can uh, bring in, you know, different secular methods as well. Now. Um, my sessions with my instructor have been way more in depth than this. She went over biology and the science of everything. She explained the rules I needed to stick to during my cycle. There are only four, so very easy to remember. Practice is one thing, but (laughs) at least you have like only four in your arsenal. Um, but I do have to say sticking with it and understanding what you see can be difficult. Um, This is why having an instructor is so important. You can't control what your body does from time to time and what you may think is normal could be not so normal. There's the flip side of that where uh, you think something isn't normal, but it could be totally be normal. Um, For instance, I didn't realize cervical mucus was normal until I started a fertility awareness method. And um, I just thought I had this weird discharge all the time and um that's totally normal and you have to have that to be healthy
2: and get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: pregnant so um so it's things like that that billings can really zero in on and help you uh figure out all the little details of of your body so um, again, we've mentioned this before in every method, but I can't stress enough to get a certified instructor to guide you through this whole process. As simple as I think it is, um, it's, it's very specific to you. And um, you can read books on it, you can uh, look through all the social media posts about it, but really to get down to the nitty gritty of how to um, use this method appropriately, you have to have an instructor.
1: Yeah, that's, I definitely want to, you know, I know I beat that drum on mine, but I want to beat it again because um, the effectiveness statistics that are taken for each one of the methods that we've talked about today are only taken from clients who have instructors. They're not taken from people who are self-taught. Now, what's really interesting is, is that perfect use is for all of our methods is pretty comparable with perfect use for birth control, but it trumps typical use birth control, I mean, across the board, typical use for birth control is only 91% effective. And I think each one of our methods, the lowest is like 94% for typical use at avoiding a pregnancy. So it is, it's so important that you get an instructor, but it's also important that you understand that the effectiveness is, it's there. Like, I mean, in some cases, like I said, even more effective than hormonal birth control. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, so next question. Um, talk to us about the cost of financial, intellectual, time-wise, how much time do you spend on a day?
0: Sure, so So, time-wise, this is a daily activity like everyone else's. Um, You can expect to pay attention to your cervical mucus every time you use the bathroom uh, and throughout the day to your sensation. And sometimes feeling that sensation is difficult. Um, so that means you need to be a little more intentional about it, like go for a walk. Um, instead of a reminder of like, oh yeah, I need to pay attention to my sensation because you've ignored it for all this time and now you have to switch gears and pay attention. So um, so in the beginning it's a little more daunting, uh, but it takes practice and gets easier and more natural as time goes on. And then you chart these findings uh usually near the end of the day. And that only takes a couple minutes. Um, minutes. The bulk of your time is spent with meeting with your instructor. So at first I met with mine online, I think um, every two weeks in the beginning, but then like monthly. And then once I started getting the hang of things every three months, um, and now that a year has gone by, um, I only pop in when I need her. Um, but during that, during that year that I had, um, intentional instruction, I could email her whenever. And so, um, sometimes when, uh, you have a weird thing that pops up or you just completely don't understand, there's going to be that emailing back and forth, or maybe even an emergency session to go through things. Um, my sessions varied in length, depending on the, the Um, instruction. So it was usually anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour each time. And then um, as far as financially, those sessions were also the bulk of the financial investment. So I had paid $250 for a a year of instruction from my specific instructor. It was considered a donation um, and that price may vary from instructor to instructor but they are a lot of them are willing to work with you on that price as well. Um, and then I paid $20 for a year's worth of access to a specific app that I wanted to use. I used NFP Charting and, um, that, and I used that specific one because my instructor was on that as well and we could share information really easily. But you don't have to use that specific app. There are free apps out there. Um, you can use paper charts as well. And I'm not sure how much that costs, but I printed a paper chart off at the beginning for free. So um, so if you have a printer, then, then you get a free chart. Um, and then I want to make a note about apps when it comes to NFP or fertility awareness, that um, the app that I have been using for a little while now, um, it does have what, um, seems to predict your ovulation, That do not count on that. Um, I just use mine to track how things are going, um, but an app cannot accurately predict ovulation for you. And so you need to keep that in mind when you're using these apps. It's okay to use certain parts of them to track, but you can't fully rely on them to, uh, to predict your cycles.
2: Right. right you can use like the symptoms like you it's fine to like write down your symptoms in an app, but as yep. far as predicting ovulation or your fertile time,
1: mm-hmm. not
2: gonna be accurate every time
1: right right, and trust that, for accuracy yeah, what's funny is is that what they use to predict ovulation is the same uh what they use to predict ovulation in the rhythm method, <laughs> which everybody complains about <laughs> yeah. And I mean, everybody comes out and they're like, but it's FDA approved. I'm like, but it's the rhythm method, literally. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not accurate. <laughs> um, but I did want to touch on something that you were talking about, Tabitha, and something I thought of and that all of us have mentioned. We're making observations pretty much every day. Um, for some people, that might seem something that's intimidating. But I, you know, one of the ways that I like to think about it is like, this is really a form of self-care right? Mm -hmm. You're checking in with, you know, how your body is working, how it's like, what, what, these signs all tell you something. And it is, it's meant to define your fertile window. And ovulation is a sign of health. If you're having difficulty identifying your fertile window, if you're, if ovulation is delayed, any of these types of things, that is an opportunity for you to kind of check in and say, I need to fix something. Um, like for me personally, I have a really hard time identifying when I'm extremely stressed out. Lucky for me, my cycle is there to be like, hey, guess what, you're really stressed out. <laughs> so it becomes wonderful feedback for me to say, okay, I need to find some constructive outlets to lower my stress because maybe that's why I've been biting everyone's head off in my house. Okay. So <laughs> it's it's really, a, if you start thinking about it more as a form of care, um, I think that that just mentally that might help some people when they think about it. Um, so on that note, Tabitha, tell us what was the hardest part about learning billings.
0: Um, so as simple as the method is, it's, it was still a huge struggle for me at the beginning. My cycle didn't make sense because I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, and listen, I, my personality is an achiever. Like I want to do the steps, work hard at it, and then achieve the goal that I'm trying to reach. And I want to do it very timely. And it just didn't happen that way. And so there were time, there were many times, probably most of the time, I walked away from sessions with my instructor in tears. There were times I didn't ovulate. There were times I had too much spotting. And there were times where I just couldn't feel a difference in sensation. Um, Even with cervical mucus, I'm like, there's so much there for me. Um, How do I tell the difference? And I just wanted everything to click so quickly, um, but it took some practice and it took some time. Um, And I had to learn what works specifically for my body. So I was also um, experimenting with different supplements and seeing um, if I was touching on what my body needed. Um, so I had to just be patient and God taught me so much patience through the Billings method. Um, and I think that would be for any fertility awareness method, but that, that was the hardest part. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we could probably all say the same. <laughs> that learning <liver laughs> curve is not fun. Um, Okay, so now tell us, what was the most rewarding part?
0: Oh, it was definitely seeing the change in my body over time. Um, You know, I didn't have that change quickly, like I mentioned before, but I did have that change over the year. And um, because I had an NFP-friendly doctor read my chart, he was able to recommend supplements, medications, and diets that could help. And they did. Like, to my surprise, listen, I had doctors for years who prescribed me the same stuff. It was the birth control pill and then another medicine um, that's typically for diabetics called metformin. But um, PCOS can, uh, be, can be an insulin resistant type disorder. And so those were the two medicines I was always put on. And while they seemed to help in one way, there were still symptoms that I had that were glaring. And then when I was wanting to get pregnant, I couldn't. Um, Initially, uh, I had a miscarriage the first time that I tried to get pregnant. And then, um, then I had a son afterwards, but then I couldn't breastfeed. And then while um, I was trying to regulate my cycles, I went back on the birth control pill and it didn't work. Um, so then they try to put me on a higher dosage of birth control. And I was like, listen, this, this just sounds very dangerous. <laughs> the more you start ramping up hormones, I already had my hormo- hormones going crazy. And so I was like, listen, I need something different. And I found that with the Billings method, um, I saw my body change and become healthier over a year's time. And so did I know that it was going to make that much of a difference at the beginning? No, but now that I can look back, it's, it's been such a success for me.
2: I think it's hard for people to understand or believe that, that something so simple can be so effective, but it really is a matter of going back to the basics. Our bodies need certain things and as opposed to birth control, which essentially shuts the system down. So it's not working. Why not replenish it with what, with what it's asking for? Mm -hmm. So I, it really is, it is kind of simple if you think of it that way, you know?
0: Right. When you're using a fertility awareness method, um, you have to be flexible on your expectations. So you have different stages in your life. And when I started this method, um, I had a newborn and I was postpartum. I couldn't breastfeed. but this year, I don't, I'm not going through that. And so my charting looks different. And, uh, but eventually I want to try again for another child. And so then that charting will look different. And so it's always a learning process, learning about the different stages of life you're in and how your body reacts to those.
1: And just the fact that we can actually gather all that information Um, And then when, you know, when women get into menopause and menopause, you can identify those things and you can actually start to take supplements that kind of help to mitigate some of the symptoms as well. So, I mean, it's just from puberty to menopause, it just gives you so much information. And like you said, Mary, it's it's the simple stuff. Like my mind just gets blown the more I learn about this and the more I learn about just how like our hormones work and the things that they need in order to work and how much, you know, our diets tend to be very depleted of those things that we need and how to build those things up. Um, and then that, you know, I, I think what's interesting too, and something I I forgot to mention, um, but we've kind of all touched on every single one of our methods. It's, it's holistic health, but it's also avoiding and achieving pregnancy, right? You don't have to change methods in order to do any one of these things. You know that every woman can use the method that's best for her to say, I wanna use this to avoid, and then I wanna use it to achieve. I don't have to change a thing. I don't have to go on or off a pill. I don't have to do, it's it's the same process, giving me the same information, and I can make a plethora of different decisions with it. it's, yeah, it's awesome how, when that all comes together. Um, now, what do you wish you knew before you started charting? <laughs> um, excellent question. I wish I had
0: this episode before I began. And, and you guys mentioned this um, in your spiel as well. But just something to lay out the different methods for me so I could have made a more informed choice. You know, I, I feel like at times I have the grass is greener on the other side mentality. And so every once in a while, I wonder if I should, you know, move on over to a different method and check that out. Um, Billings has been a wonderful method for me, and maybe I would choose it again. But I do wish that my decision could have been more of an educated decision, knowing all of the options. Yeah. And
1: what's interesting, too, is that. um you can change methods over the course of your life to mm-hmm. you do it, you know, because what's working for you right now may not work in the future. Uh, there's no one method fits all, but there's no one method that fits one woman over the course of her life. Cause I, you know, as we've been talking about, we go through all of these different stages. Life is cyclical. You know, we have our cycles and there's different stressors and, you know, different life events and whatever, and you might need to change. Um, yeah, it might be a, there's definitely gonna be a financial and intellectual cost. Um, I mean, I learned three methods in three years and they did not overlap. <laughs> I
0: don't know how you did that.
1: <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was, it was difficult, to, you know, kind of trying to make that, that leap because you can't, you can't crisscross them. You're not supposed to take these rules and apply it here because that's how you mess things up. Um, so keeping that all separate, but yeah, it, it can be a hurdle, but it's worth it, you know? I think that that information that you can gather and having the confidence and understanding that it's okay to change methods. Um, yeah. Okay, so where can we learn more about Billings? Um,
0: so to find an instructor, you can go through the Billings website at Billings.life. Um, also on the web, that website is independent in-depth information about the Billings method itself. So it's all there, packaged really nicely and simple, and you can kind of mill around on their website. Uh, There's great information out there on social media. There are support groups on Facebook. I'm part of one called NFP Support Billings Ovulation Method, which is led by my instructor. On Instagram, I follow Chart Your Fertility and Billings Ovulation Method. So those two are specific to fillings. Now you can follow uh, these ladies too, and they'll have some tidbits about fertility awareness in general. Um, so I don't wanna leave them out.
2: Um, also, A lot of instructors do long distance. Yeah? Right. Like across methods too. It's not the same as like learning online. Like you get an instructor, it's, it's, there's little difference between doing it in that way if you do have an instructor in person and online. If that's what's needed.
1: Yeah, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about costs, but my, my instructor, and like you said, Mary, most instructors do long distance learning. Um, my instructor did a video class. I think we had like five or six other women on at the same time. And she did a video class and did like a uh, split screen with her, um, her PowerPoint and were able to ask questions uh, while we went through it. Um, I don't know of any instructor that doesn't offer um video instruction or, or at least online distance instruction. I can't think of one that um, It's been great for COVID too, because we've just switched yeah. Yeah. everybody to online now.
0: Right. You know,
2: yeah, until we till we can do it again in person. Yeah,
0: yeah. my instructor is from Canada. So she's not even There you
2: a go. Citizen. <laughs>
0: I think we took ours online and it was like a huge time difference because when we signed up, it said like 5 p.m. M. mountain time, but we're, I live in Minnesota, so it's central time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So in our place, we were taking it and it was from literally like nine to midnight, <laughs> the time that we took, oh, so, you know, so there's that little time difference, but it was wow. just kind of funny to look back on it now. But <laughs> But yes, it's nice having that online option regardless of where they are, your instructors. Yeah. Um, I do want to direct our listeners to a book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Um, Although it's not billing specific, it is a book that led me to fertility awareness. And it goes through, it's a very thick book. It looks like a textbook. Um, But it goes through the biology of the female body, certain factors that may disrupt your cycle, natural and pharmaceutical solutions to problems, ways to track your cycles, and a ton of other things. So, um, it's not a method. It doesn't, uh, instruct you to do certain things, but you can, you really use parts of it as a resource as you go through the process of your fertility awareness training.
1: It's kind of like just general fertility awareness Bible, like, yeah, Yeah. to all things. Yeah.
0: Last, we will hear about FEM. Now, we weren't able to have a user of FEM on the episode today, but we did reach out to an instructor who was so kind to point us to some resources. Emily is going to summarize the method for you and fill you in on where to find that information.
1: Yeah, so um, FEM is a newer method. Um, it was developed, I believe, in 2012. Um, the The scope of the method is really interesting. They have a very strong international outreach, and then they are also developing, um, they're trying to, uh, they're developing Teen Femme, which is specifically for girls in puberty. Uh, it's one of the few methods that I know of that's almost entirely app-based. You learn the method and you find an instructor for the method through the Fem Health app. So it's F-E-M-M, two M's, Health. Um, find that, uh, you know, I think you can go through Google Play or the iStore. Yeah, so you can go to fem Health and get the information. Um, you can also become an instructor through there. I think the process for that is about $1,000. Um, to become a teen fem Health instructor, it's about, I think it's an additional almost $400, I believe is what it was. But essentially what they're doing is you track your mucus and you also use the LH strips, the wanfo strips that I was talking about uh, with the Marquette method. So it's mucus plus, um, hormone readings, um, to determine your fertile window. Um, and basically the way it works is like, if you see mucus, consider yourself fertile. So it's really simple, cut and dry. It does have a health component. Um, it's similar to Creighton in that regard that it does, you do get more specific mucus readings that you can then use as kind of more of a diagnostic tool like what Mary was describing. It's not NAPR technology, um, but they do have doctors who are trained in FEM as well. Um, like I said, they have a very strong um, international focus. They want to get this into the hands of women all over the world. Um, I know uh, Dr. Evelyn Billings was noted for saying um, that the, you know this is just basic information that every woman should have. And I think that they kind of take that on an international scale. Um, so they have two headquarters in New York and in South America and I forget exactly where. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the basic rundown of the method. <laughs> I know that was kind of, um, a little piddling. Um, but I actually do have on my website at totalwine.com. I have a series that goes, you know, does Q&As with different instructors. There's a Q&A with a FEM instructor on there. So, and also her contact information is on there. So if anybody's interested in learning more, um, you can find that through my website and um, find that instructor to pursue that as well. But like I said, uh, starting through the app, that's where you learn the method, where you find instructors. So that's kind of step number one. Also, uh, the fem instructor, the fem user that we had reached out to, um, she recommended two websites, um, which I actually recommend just for anybody who's interested in fertility awareness. They're just wonderful resources, Natural Womanhood and Fertility Facts. They're awesome. Um, doesn't matter what method you use. They've just got amazing information about birth control, how your body works. Um, I follow both of them on Instagram and they're always producing just amazing informational content. Um, really, really good stuff. So
0: great. And, And just so our listeners know, we will list all of these resources. Um, we will list that FEM instructor that Emily mentioned all of this. Uh, We'll we'll be pushing out throughout the week so that you guys can have that at your fingertips. So ladies, this was a fabulous conversation. We obviously could spend so much time on the subject alone, but you all did such an excellent job breaking down each method in a very simple way. So um, to our listeners, uh, we are excited to share all of these resources with you throughout the week so you all can take a deeper dive if you have more questions, feel free to ask those by commenting below, private messaging us, or emailing us at engage at Please don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and share this episode with your friends. You can find us on all of the major platforms and at engage From your house, to the state house, to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.